Hi, friends. It's Vin Scully. It's time for Dr. Clapper. In sports, there's winning and losing and getting injured. That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar sinai The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper, presented by Cedar sinai Hey, Dr. Clapper. How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence is golden when you can't think of a good answer. <laughs> yes, Doc, I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I just cannot believe the first hour's already gone. Where'd it go? Poof. Just having so much fun talking about a topic which each and every week I don't stress ever. I just know there's going to be something fun to talk about. Later in this hour, I'll tell you what next week's going to be. It's going to be awesome. This week, so exciting. In 1983, I came to Los Angeles to do my internship at Cedars in general surgery. Met my wife, schlepped her back to New York, and for the next four years, I studied orthopedic surgery, invented the tools, patented tools, and had four great years from 84 to 88 in New York City. And in 1988, came back to Los Angeles to spend a year with Dr. Curlin and Dr. Job, who were alive at the time, and wrote a paper on shoulder anatomy with Dr. Frank Job, who invented the Tommy John uh, operation. And then in 1989, I went into practice here at Cedar sinai which is where I still am at. I love longevity. 32 years in that office, same phone number. I love longevity. 10 years on the radio. You and me, Steve Paulette. What a joy ride it's been. I love to surf. You all know that. And I love to eat. Well, in 1983, when I first came here, I went to Tito's Tacos. I was told probably by someone at the hospital, oh, you're in L.A., you need to go there. And I did. I went to Kelbo's. I went to Ships. I went to all these classic places to eat. Tale of the Pup. They're in Los Angeles. But I never experienced, my mouth is watering already, that crispy tortilla with the beef. And the fact that the cheddar cheese they put on top is cold. It's not melted. It's cold with the hot meat inside the tortilla that's hot. You get on the end of that line, you think you're going to eat two of them. By the time you get to take your order, you're ordering eight of them. And you eat them all because it's so delicious. But it's unique. It's not like a typical taco at another place. They're on to something, and they've been on to something since 1959. So when Lindy Huey helped me track down Lynn Davidson, who's going to be our guest at 815, to talk about this iconic restaurant in L.A., Tito's Tacos, I've been so excited all week. Because it made me think about my world of surgery, my world of sports, and the world of music and art that I love. Why are they called Tito's Tacos? Just saying the name makes your mouth water. What is it about the name Tito? So I asked many of the Latino people I work with, what is special about the word Tito? Ah, it's a nickname, Dr. Clapper. Your mother gives you a term of endearment. Actually, no one is born Tito. They're born something else. 
but they're given that nickname. So to me, it means family, term of endearment. It means love. Tito is special. So I started to think all week, where in my life, where in my world did I ever hear the name Tito? Well, Tito Puente. Tito Puente wrote a song in 1962 called Oye Como Va. He's the king of Latin jazz, a Puerto Rican salsa music maker. Grew up on the streets of New York, Tito Puente. But one day, Carlos Santana heard that song that was written in 1962. And in 1970, Carlos Santana took a Tito Puente song and made it a rock and roll classic. Tito Puente was his name. He died in the year 2000 at 77 years old. But I want you to listen to the man talk about being Tito. These are timbales. This is the instrument that I play. Tito Puente, the king, the originator of fusion of Latin jazz together. And he's a drummer. How did it all start? Because his real name is Rigoberto. No, his real name is Ernesto Antonio Puente. My parents came from Puerto Rico. They lived in Brooklyn. Most of the Puerto Ricans that came at that time in the uh, the 20s, you know, and all that, they... They came by Brooklyn. It took them five days to get here <laughs> on the boat. and uh, But eventually, anyway, they extended themselves all over New York. But my parents moved to New York City, Manhattan. We called El Barrio. That was the neighborhood. But most of the Puerto Rican people lived there. He didn't go to school for this. He went to the schools, the school of hard knocks. Literally, the tambales knocking on those drums. I, I gained my experience. Because musicians uh, have to gain their experience playing out in the street. It's very important. You can study in a university, a conservatory of music, a music school, whatever. You learn how to read music, naturally, and all that. But then for you to pay your dues, really, get out there and learn, you have to really go into jam sessions and things that, like that. And I grew up with that type of training, and that was very important, exposed to that kind of music, either jazz or Latin, right in the neighborhood. So that's what helped me a lot uh, for my future, naturally. He starts playing on the street with the big bands at age 13. Now today it's all over the world, naturally. The recognition of uh, uh, Latin music has grown big. I've been 14 times in Japan already, Australia, and all over Europe. So our music is really get, getting exposure today because people love it. We have no bilingual problems anymore. People love our rhythms, and that's what they dance to. The percussion, the rhythm. They don't dance to a flute player or violin player. They dance to the conga drum, the bongo drum, the cowbell, the, the tambales, you know. That, that's what people really dance to. So that's why the music is becoming very, very, very popular and exciting. But he creates his own style. Lynn Davidson's grandfather started Tito's Tacos. They made their own original type of taco, 
That's why it's so special. All, the, all this kind of beginning, I was involved there too. So I was learning at the same time there about my instruments, how to play it. And I was more or less a role model to the other young guys that were coming up along, see? And uh, my role model was uh, Natural Montesino, the man with the, with the happy boys, because he was a typical player. He taught me a lot of the Cuban way of playing a dance song, real typical rhythms. And through that experience and playing out in the streets and studying, that's how I developed my own style of playing tamales, which then throughout the years later I developed more and more, and I did percussion albums, and the young people were really into percussion, and that's where I am today. But he also started to write his own songs, original songs, and in 1962 he wrote a song, Oye Como Va. Eight years later, Carlos Santana records it and makes it into a rock song. Of course, Santana was a very important part of my life, too, because he recorded one of my tunes, and he gave me credit as a composer, too, which is Oye Como Va, and it's an internationally known tune all over the world in different languages and all that. Everybody's played that tune, and if you don't play that tune in your repertoire, that means you're not into nothing. But he was mad. He was mad when Carlos Santana took his song. Whenever Tito Puente goes on stage and plays Oye Como Va, you know what this, the fans say? Hey, why are you playing a Santana song? And he would go, it's not a Santana song. I wrote that song. Stop saying it's Santana. Until he got his first royalty check. Then he wasn't complaining anymore. And Santana, he just got a Lifetime Achievement Award in Washington, D.C. at the caucus. And he played Oye Come Along with us. It was indeed a thrill for me. And I thanked him so much because every time he plays Oye Come Along, I get a royalty check. Listen to Carlos Santana talking about how people said, Oye, como va? That's not a rock song. Carlos Santana says, not yet. Because he eliminates the horns and the flute and the whistling. And even the drums. And he makes it all electric guitar riffs, which he is a maestro at. Listen to Santana talking about taking this song by Tito Puente. So when I discover um, Oye Como Va, people say, but that's not rock and roll. I was like, well, not yet, but it will be. So it's like... And he turns it into his version. You mean the... And, and then the last part is like, like, get out of here, man. Like, you know, because again, music is to move you. It's supposed to move you out, out, of, out of your dull drum existence if you have a dull drum existence. You know, so music invites you to like, come and celebrate the best of you, you know, and, and don't be shy about Come and celebrate the best in you. That's what Tito means to me. The best of you in food, Tito's Tacos. The best of you in music, Tito Puente, Oye Como Va. And in sports, just 
1962 allows Tito Puente to write Oye Como Va at the same time a baseball player in Cuba escapes Cuba. He's the last guy to get out of Cuba before the embargo in 1962. And he comes to America to play baseball, to make his dream come true. Listen to him in Spanish talking about his journey in 1962 from Cuba to America, the great Tito Fuentes. Bueno, yo vine en el año 62, 1962 fue mi primera entrada aquí, creo que fue en el mes de mayo. Ya no había relación entre Cuba y Estados Unidos. Cuando yo llegué, y todavía yo creo que es así, en el año 62 viví en Miami, quedando en ningún hotel ni nada. Éramos cinco latinos y nos pusieron a dormir, a vivir en el clubhouse. Pero el latino, por el hambre que tenemos, seguimos jugando, jugando, jugando. He has no place to stay. He and four other guys sleep and live in the clubhouse because they love baseball so much. You may not speak Spanish, but the word family is familia. That's what Tito means, family. And listen to Tito Fuentes talk about baseball is a family to him. El mejor un deporte de familia. El sueño para mí, el sueño para mí, cara dice, el sueño americano era jugar béisbol, ser grande en el juego. Es un batazo tremendo por el Ray Sainte. La bola va, barja el dinero hasta atrás. Sigue hacia atrás, sigue hacia atrás. Ay, ay, ay. Y ahí salen todos sus compañeros a felicitarlo. Y los gigantes vencieron. Tito Fuentes is now an announcer for the San Francisco Giants, but what a playing career he had. Listen to him tell the story of coming here in 1962. I came because in 62, the Giants scouted me there, and they offered me a contract, and I signed. It wasn't that much money, but all I wanted to do is play baseball, so I came to the United States. I never went back. He plays baseball. He's so joyful because his name is Tito. He plays the game with such love and enthusiasm. He breaks Jackie Robinson's record as an infielder with the greatest fielding percentage. And his record stood for like 13 years until I think it was Ryan Sandberg for the Atlanta Braves broke the record. But for 13 years, he had the record. You also hold uh, a record, or you did until many years later, for the highest fielding percentage in baseball. And what was that? Well, that was in 1972. 273, and uh, the thing I like about that record, I broke it on my idol, which is Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson played for the Dodgers, which was my favorite team, and also he played second baseman. He's no doubt he was black. So all those three criteria made me like him so much, and I broke his record with six air in uh, 900 some chances. So that gave me the percentage of uh, 993 or 995, one of those two. Tito's Tacos started in 1959. It's a different world then. But quality is the same. The joyfulness of eating that taco is the same. The simplicity of it all. Listen to Tito Fuentes, the baseball player, talking about when the when this uh, interviewer says, you know, how did you hit the, a ball 100 miles an hour? As if you can answer that question. I have to ask uh, Tito this question. It's a little bit of an aside, but I saw a program the other day and it, and uh, basically, it was a scientist talking about how quickly you have to react as a hitter to these pitches that come in between 90 and really 100 miles an hour. How do you 
How do you do it? Well, at that time when, when we played so, so, so long ago, we didn't have the clock. They don't have a radar gun, so they have no idea how fast 100 mile an hour. They just know it's fast. And then this interviewer implies you just got to be lucky. You got to guess, right? That's what a good hitter is. He's just a good guesser. That's like asking Lynn Davidson, you know, you just lucky that Tito's Tacos is so successful. No. You got to be skillful. You got to put the work in. The more you work, the luckier you get. So we never can tell how hard they're throwing. That was the good thing. So we adjust uh, by saying, <laughs> how the guy is throwing? He's throwing very hard. When we emphasize in the world, very hard or extra hard, now we know that we have really to pay attention. But uh, you react. Yeah. You react. But now you know how hard it is. Now that I'm not in the game, every time I am in the batting practice, I see the ball coming. I react. I say, I know how hard it is to hit a baseball. One inside question. Are all hitters guess hitters? Good hitters, they guess right. That's what happened. That's why they are so good, because they can guess right. They're not lucky, buddy. They guess right, because they know. The food business, having an institution since 1959, is not luck. It's hard work. You ain't guessing right. It's talent. It's hard work. And we're going to learn all about the great Tito's Tacos, coming up next on the Weekend Warriors Show here on 710 ESPN. Check out the Weekend Warrior Facebook Know Your Knee Posts. One of the most complicated areas of the body. ACL, PCL, MCL, patella supplication. Really? Dr. Clapper translates the language of your knee Dr. Clapper. on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Whoa. Simply type in Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Wow! Your knee feels better already. Damn right. Like, follow, and feel better Hello there. with the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Ed Sedano, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than when my guy, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Roberto Clapperio, a fish tacologist. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. I know the ins and outs of a fish taco. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I'm happy because he's saying clap along. He's Pharrell's not saying sing along. He's saying clap along. Big fan of the Weekend Warriors show. Thank you, Pharrell. I'm joined now. I'm so excited. The great Lynn Davidson. Lynn, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Good morning, Dr. Clapper. It's uh, so nice to be here. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm so flattered. <laughs> you, you should be, because I, I don't like when people say you're lucky, you're you're on the right corner. or No, it's, the, it's all those years of love and family and work and the way you treat your employees and the way you treat your customers and the caring about the product. It doesn't happen by accident. So when... When that interviewer asked Tito Fuentes, isn't it just you guessing right? You know what, buddy? That's insulting. It has nothing to do. I'm a talented baseball play- player. But I love the name Tito. I'm Jewish. So in Yiddish, my mother used to call me Tatala. That's what I feel like Tito is. 
to Latinos. It's a it's an endearing term. Tell me, where did the word Tito come from for the taco place? Well, uh, when my grandfather started it, uh, he and his partner, they came up with the name. It's actually an endearing term for uncle. Yeah. Little uncle. Yeah. So there it yeah. is. He. So there's more going on. It's this feeling of family. It's a feeling of love, feeling of term of endearment. It's a genius idea. It's like Krispy Kreme. How could it be crispy and creamy? It's a genius idea. It's a genius idea to say Tito's because immediately it sets you at ease, and it certainly works. What a joy it must be for you to go to work every day, right? Yes, I have a lot of fun at work. <laughs> mm, unbelievable. And I love... I love how original it is. People might criticize it's not an authentic taco like you get in Mexico City. Who cares? I don't want to go to Mexico City. I want to go to Culver City and actually have something that will blow my mind. The original nature of it. Take us back. How do you come up with an original recipe? Do you remember when they were working through all of this when you were a little girl growing up, you and your grandpa and his partner? Uh, vaguely. I was pretty young at the time, mm -hmm. uh, but the recipes changed um, many times over the first year they were open. Mm -hmm. uh, the first employee hired was Amado Madera mm -hmm. in 1959, Jesus. and he helped with the recipes. He just retired a few years ago. Did you make a big party <laughs> for him? Uh, no, he didn't want a party. He just wanted to go to Mexico for a while. You know, I worked side by side with Gene Crawford in the operating room at Cedars for 30 years doing thousands and thousands of surgeries. And his last day, he said to me, well, Doc, it's been a great run. I looked at him and go, what? Is this it? Yep. This is our last case we're going to do together. I said, I want to make a party. I want a fireworks. No, this will be our last case. Because Gene Crawford and your Amadeo, they're, they have dignity. Amato. Yeah. They have class. They have dignity. They are rare air in this crazy world we live in. Look at that. You wouldn't let you even make him a party. That's amazing. It just speaks to the dignity and the class of him. That's amazing. I want the listeners to hear a little bit about the volume. That's why you, you. it's a healthy meal because nothing's lying around. You're busy means the quality is great because it's always fresh because you got to renew everything, right? Yeah, we make we we cook everything fresh every day. There's no preservatives. Everything how many pounds fresh. of tortillas and how many pounds of meat at the end of a year? Oh, I don't know. I read about <laughs> lots it. And lots. Eight million <laughs> pounds of tortillas you go through in a year. 500,000 pounds of meat you go through a year. Can you imagine? But well, you I do want to. Better I, than I can. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. I, listen, I know all these statistics, but I don't know one thing, which is why your salsa is so fantastic. That, re it's almost, I know it's not just tomatoes because it just tastes so delicious more than a tomato, but you're involved with making the salsa, right? Yes, I've made it many times. And there are multiple ingredients to the salsa, even though it just looks like red tomato. 
Yes, there's tomatoes and onions and uh, a little bit of our green salsas in there. Oh, my God. And a, and a couple of spices. My mouth is watering A little bit already. of salt. So when you visit your place, Lynn Davidson, Tito's Tacos, do you go out and ever talk to people that are on the line? Um, not anymore. You used to? Not anymore. My, yes, I used to. I, I can't stand very long anymore, so I don't. I'm not walking around too much. Got it. Well, I can help with that if you need me. The general manager does that. I can help you with that if you need me. I tell everybody, you're either pre-op or post-op in life. But the amazing part is you're so hungry when you get to your place and you park the car and you get online. I got to believe that most of your customers, whether they wanted two tacos when they finally decided they're going to have lunch and drive to the place, by the time they get to the window, they probably have doubled their orders. Well, that sounds nice. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Teach so me. A- they, the people, they, you don't have to wait in line anymore. Hmm. You can place an order online for pickup or delivery at TitosTacos.com. Really? Yeah. And it will be waiting you don't for have you. to wait. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> and the, in the website, in the website, they talk about your award-winning tacos, Lynn Davidson. What, uh, what's the award you're most proud of? Um, the neighborhood award I, I received a few years ago from the California Restaurant Association. Hmm. Hmm. That's the one you, that means the most to you. Yeah. The local one. Yes. Hmm. Yes. Yes. With the, yeah. With the California Restaurant Association, they, uh, they gave me award for being a really good neighbor and, you know, in the area. Hmm. People say that one of the secrets to the taste is because you still, you guys still use lard. Is that true? Yes. What is it, in your opinion, that makes lard as the grease, as the oil to cook the tortillas in, that is so special? Well, it digests easily, and it won't give you a stomachache. Mm. Whereas so, vegetable you know, oil will. To lose weight, yeah, if you're looking to lose weight, um, try a veggie tamale. <laughs> I don't think you should go to Tito's Tacos if you're interested in losing weight. If you're interested in making a joyous experience, you go to Tito's Tacos. And you know what? Life is short. You only live once. I'm a big fan of you should eat dessert first because life is unpredictable. (laughs) But when I eat at Tito's Tacos, I feel like I'm eating the appetizer, the entree, and the dessert all at the same bite. It's unbelievable how good it is. How? Oh, you're too kind. Yeah. Well, I actually have lost weight. Eating just one taco. <laughs> I can't eat just the one. chips. Just eat one. <laughs> I can't do that. It's physically impossible. <laughs> oh, my God. And the employees. How many employees roughly do you have? Uh, well, right now, because of COVID, we're still operating at 50% capacity. Mm. We have about 42 right now. Hmm. And many of these employees have been with you forever? Yes, many of them have. See, that's the thing. You bring the whole idea of family into the work environment. It's just like me in my office. My employees, they've been with me for 30 years, and nobody wants to go because you make it such a beautiful place to come to work. You don't have to have turnover. So it's, there's no secret there. Treat people the way you would want to be treated, right? You you know what it's like to be a boss. Yeah, I, I know what it's like to be an employee, too. I worked for both my dad and my grandfather, so... They could be. Can you can you take me back to the beginning 
of what your grandfather, how this all, how did Tito's Tacos really come about? Well, my grandfather had been a small businessman his whole life, and he hadn't had a whole lot of success. You know, he he had liquor stores and did a few other things, and he made a, made friends with somebody, uh, uh, Benny Biscara, who had who had a Mexican restaurant near one of his liquor stores, and the two of them got together and started Tito's Tacos in 1959. Was it immediately they, successful? No, no, no. They they had to change the recipes around to make the the food a little more gringo friendly. They got mm-hmm. rid of the uh, <clears throat> chorizo mm. and. Let's see. Did they advertise? No, no, they didn't advertise. My grandfather nor my father believed in doing that. Just word of mouth. I'm the one that made the change on that. Mm-hmm. So in after they were partners for about a year, um, they decided they didn't want to be partners anymore. They weren't mm-hmm. getting along. Mm-hmm. So Benny Viscara was going to buy out my grandfather. And he couldn't come up with the money. So my grandfather borrowed money from my grandmother, who was his ex-wife by then. Hmm. And he he bought Benny Viscara out. Hmm. And that's that's how that happened. And how did uh, uh, the first employee, what's his name, Amado? Amado Madera. How he did... worked there from the time he was 24 years old and he retired at 80. Oh, my God. That's incredible. God knows how many tacos he's must have made in his lifetime. Oh, I no, yeah, it's I, I couldn't count it. I couldn't begin to count it. Oh my god. He was a wonderful man and his brother, Javier uh Javier Renteria, he was in charge of cooking the food, the the heavier part of the food, mm-hmm. the cooking the chili con carne mm-hmm. and um making the taco meat. Where does the cheese come from? Years. Where does the cheese does it come from? Wisconsin? No, it comes from a, a factory in in Washington State. There's a, spe- a specific place I get it from. Huh? It's. Have you it's, ever been to the uh, factory in Washington State? No, I haven't been to that factory. Huh. But I've talked to the talked to the people who run it before, and they put out the best, most consistent cheese I've ever seen. Huh. It's. Fabulous. And how about the I tomatoes for the, the cheese? Yeah, go ahead. Yes, I, I found the cheese. This particular cheese in about 1996, I think it was. Hmm. Yeah. And how about the lettuce? Been, you get the lettuce from a or the tomatoes from a specific farm, or do you go to different farms? I have a I have a produce person that does the shop that shopping for me. And he keeps track of everything. He watches the avocados, the tomatoes, the lettuce. You know, if there's a problem with it, he gets it fixed. Wow! Right away. Did yeah. He, and do the avocados? He he is actually Javier Renteria's son, so it's still family going on over there. <laughs> Look at you! You real well. That's why it's called Tito. Tito is a family member. And you walk the walk, you talk the talk, you do the whole thing because people working for you. And I got news for you, Lynn Davidson. That line of customers is families, grandchildren, parents, the grandparents. Because once you start eating there, 
It's generational how many people continue to come back to your place, not because anyone's paying them to do it. They're doing it because you can feel it. And I think it all starts from the name Tito. I think it really tells you as a customer there's a family feeling in the food, how we make it, how you're going to eat it, and it's all about, and I think that's the value in that name Tito, at least in my mind. I, I, I would agree with the value of the name, that's for sure. Yeah. And, <laughs> and I like your take on it. You know, the fact that you have that color yellow and the red, that is awesome. Do you copyright that color yellow and red? Uh, Cheetos Tacos is copyrighted, yes. Because yeah. uh, that's what Tiffany did uh, 150 years ago. He read in the newspaper that the Queen of England had a favorite color that year. And her dress was this uh, robin egg blue. So he decides, you know Ooh. what? I'm going to copyright that color. And that was the genius idea of Tiffany to associate a color with his jewelry store. You've copyrighted oh, nice. this beautiful yellow color and red. And I, there's no other place to think about when you see those colors. It's fantastic. Lynn Davidson. Yeah, the, yes, the, yeah that logo was designed by my dad. <laughs> wow. Wow. Was he tough to work for you, Dad? Yes. <laughs> he was all business. Did he... He, was, he was an understatement. There was a funny thing that happened when I was first officially hired on the payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, I was about 17, and my grandfather offered me a job. And I said, okay, but Grandpa, can I have, can I have weekends off? And he turned and looked at me, and he said, if it's not convenient for you to be here when the customers are here, I, I won't need you. <laughs> <laughs> so I've kind of been a weekend warrior ever since. <laughs> Listen, Lynn Davidson, I'm an orthopedic surgeon. You now have me in your in your pocket. You need me. I will be there just like you showed up today to be with us. And I just want the whole Weekend Warrior Nation how to know how special it is and the hard work that goes into Having something in L.A. since 1959 is not easy. But the fact that you were able to pull this off and continue to do so, really, my hat's off to you. And it's a real pleasure to have you today on the radio. Oh, my goodness. How many tacos do I owe you for this? Uh, Listen, I'm going to flash my card and I hope to get a few now. It's my pleasure. I want to just keep you in business for as long as I get to live here because I'm here as a doctor telling the patients, it's healthy for you to eat a Tito's Tacos. <laughs> Doctor's <Great>. orders. Anyway, thanks <laughs> Thank so much you. for waking up early to be with us, Lynn. We really appreciate it, and I hope to see you soon. Thank you so much, Dr. Clapper. My pleasure. That's bye-bye. The, bye-bye. That's the great Lynn Davidson from Tito's Tacos. You want to taste what L.A. tastes like? Go bite that taco. All right, coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But I got to tell you a story, a story about, as I, I owe you, about what happens in your shoulder. This one exercise is the worst thing for your shoulder, and it's because of the anatomy. And I'll explain, and it involves something called your rotator cuff. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.
miss an interview or Doc's weekly story? Check it out on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Also, Doc's advice to callers on their aches and pains. Just type Weekend Warrior in the Facebook search bar and you'll see Doc's picture in the listings. And thanks for checking out the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. This is Keyshawn in the morning. My man, Dr. Clapper, and the Weekend Warrior Show starts your Saturday morning. Join the doc from 7 to 9 a.m. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Magandan Umaga. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Cells are just tiny people. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Warriors, Hong Kong Mongo. Only Tito Puente can do that. Latin jazz, the king of Latin jazz. The joyfulness, the family, the love. That's what happens when you meet someone named Tito. It's a term of endearment and it's special. The number is 877-710-ESPN, but I want to do some clapper vision and tell some stories. When you go to the gym and you do an overhead exercise, we know that the muscle deep in your shoulder, not your pec major, your deltoid, your trapezius, I'm talking deep in your shoulder, you can't feel it. There's four muscles that surround the ball, the ball and socket joint. The one on top is called the supraspinatus, super meaning above. That muscle that helps lift your arm up the main instigator to lift your arm above your head, has a blood supply, has a circulation. The great Dr. Stephen Arnosky, believe it or not, he was a veterinarian, but one of the greatest researchers that we ever had in orthopedic surgery. And he was at the hospital for special surgery when I was there in the 80s. Got to really know him very well. He wrote an incredible paper, research paper, the microvascular analysis of the blood supply to that part of the tendon. So here's the clapper vision. You go to your kitchen sink and you have a washcloth. You want to sweep up, you know, clean up some stains or whatever, coffee spills, a damp washcloth. To wring out the washcloth, to make it dry again, so you can use it to soak up liquid. You don't just squeeze the washcloth. What do you do? You put the washcloth in one hand the other end of the washcloth in the other hand, and you rotate the washcloth. We call it wringing it out, right? You don't just squeeze it, but you actually twist it because you and I know that's the maximum way to get the water, the liquid, out of the washcloth to get it dry again so that you can use it again. When you lift your arm above your head, the supraspinatus tendon Literally, under the microscope, those fibers wring themselves. They twist just like the washcloth does. And in that twisting of that tendon and muscle, Steve Arnosky showed that the microcirculation that you can't see with the naked eye blanches and wrings out the blood that's in the tendon. And that occurs when your arm goes above your head. 
So if you go to the gym, and listen, when you're 20, you're indestructible. I'm not talking to you right now. But who am I talking to? Those of you that are 40 years old, 45 years old, 50 years old, you just hired yourself a trainer because you think you're going to lose weight and get younger, which both of those things is not going to happen. And they start right away with you doing these, in my opinion, destructive exercises of doing pull-ups, push-ups, and lifting weights above your head. You are wringing out the circulation in your rotator cuff, and they tear they being the supraspinatus and in the same spot every single time. That is why I don't mind you doing stretches overhead, but you better not be doing against resistance with weights up and above. So there's your clap revision. Stop doing that exercise. I'm going to write another book. Stop exercising. You're killing yourself. And going back to the clap revision for you're the weekend warrior listening, but let's talk about the warrior and that's Julio Urias, one of the great pitchers that the Dodgers have, this young stud. But let's not forget he had surgery. He had surgery on his shoulder, on the capsule that tore in the front of his shoulder, deep inside. Because to throw a baseball at 100 miles an hour, trust me, something in that shoulder is going to rip and tear and get stretched the labrum, the capsule, the rotator cuff, the biceps tendon, all kinds of structures in there. And he went too far. He, heard a, he felt a pain in the front of his shoulder. And ultimately, that was the diagnosis, was a rip, a tear to the capsule, this canvas-like material in the front of the ball and socket joint. And what else do we know in life is canvas-like material? The blue jeans that you're wearing for pants, Levi's jeans. And you, when you get a rip and a tear in your blue jeans, you got a couple of choices. You can sew a patch over the hole, which isn't as successful in our world of orthopedic surgery. Or you can take and bunch up the ends of the good material that, that lives around the hole, the tear in the material, and umbricate it, which means bunch it up and sew it together to cover the hole, to cover the rip. That's the surgery that he went, underwent. And it eventually scars down and keeps that tear in check. And look at how many years after that surgery, how beautiful he throws that baseball. So Julio Urias and his clap revision, no different than what I would describe for your shoulder. Clapper vision. They've just announced... I can, can confirm that Patrick Beverly had surgery on his hand on Friday for a fractured fourth metacarpal. What does that mean? What is the fourth metacarpal? Why do you need surgery for it? What does it do? I'll explain what grip is like and why your hand is like a windshield and a windshield wiper. I'll explain all that with some clap revision. The number is 877 710 ESPN coming up next. We'll get into Patrick Beverly's fourth metacarpal fracture. He's going to be out for three, four weeks, but you need to understand what happened and what we do to fix that fracture. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors show here on 710 ESPN.
clap man. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Holy slip disc. That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision. Breathe deeply. And advice to callers. On your toes, Robin. So like, follow, and enjoy. A wise decision. The Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Frankly, I can think of nothing more stimulating. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show, 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. At 42 years old, you know what your new nickname is for me? (laughs) Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. You're not Matthew from Santa Monica anymore. You're Mr. Priyap. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. I wanted this song to end, Steve Paulette. Ah. This is called The Game of Love with Carlos Santana. He's singing it. Well, he ain't singing it. He's playing it. But, sing, but, but singing it is Michelle Branch. And every time you say that word, Michelle, I think of my daughter. Today's topic was Tito's, right? And I told you the Yiddish word for Tito... That term of endearment is tatala. Well, the word Michelle is my daughter, and to me, that's a tatala. So it's all connected. Listening to the game of love. Beautiful. Such a talent. Following this show, Weekend Warrior at 9 a.m. is L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Rams host Kirk Morrison. He's going to talk all things about Los Angeles football. He's terrific, Kirk Morrison. One of these days we have to have a crosstalk with him, talk about injuries. Because trust me, he played football. I can promise you he had an injury. (laughs) So we can always talk about it with Clappervision and the technology of what we did when he played is way better now if he was playing now. It just keeps improving. Why do I say that? Because you don't use a rotary phone anymore to call someone. There's no more dingalings. You got an iPhone, a smartphone. Well, that improvement in technology came right to the operating room as well. I used to spend two and a half hours. If you came to me for a shoulder that dislocated, I'd take a scalpel, make a skin incision, and go through the front of your shoulder, through all these good muscles, just to get to where the damage is in your ball and socket joint. Two and a half hour surgery. Now, it's a puncture wound. You use the laser, use the arthroscope. Instead of two and a half hours, it takes me 15, 20 minutes, and I can stabilize someone's shoulder, fix their labrum. The tools, the technology... The studying, even the MRI scans are better. So one day I'll have to talk to Kirk about his injuries and what he went through. Because trust me, he played football, he went through it. 
The injury to Patrick Beverly is fascinating. It's the fourth metacarpal. That's the ring finger is the fourth metacarpal. So if you look at your hand right now, palms down and then palms up, we use the term fine grip or power grip because your thumb is a clapper vision. And you look at your hand palms up. Look at your thumb sweeping across your palm. It's just like that windshield wiper on your car sweeping across the windshield. So your palm is the windshield. The thumb is the windshield wiper. So in order for you to hold a hammer, which I did yesterday and on Wednesday, doing 10 hip and knee replacements, I'm holding a hammer. I'm banging on the bone. I'm banging with my tools on the bone to precisely fit these parts into you, these new parts. That's a power grip to hold a five-pound hammer. That's my thumb going across my palm and with power grip using the fifth, the little finger, and the fourth finger curving around the handle of the hammer. That's power grip. But if I want to hold a pen or a pencil, I'm taking my thumb and I'm pinching my index and my long finger. That's fine grip. This whole idea of opposing the thumb to either the fourth and fifth finger or to the second and third finger is the difference between fine grip and power grip. Patrick Beverly busted that long bone in the palm for the ring finger. It's called the fourth metacarpal. And trying to catch a ring uh, a rebound in the Phoenix game. Yeah, you got to put plates, little tiny plates and screws. Talk about new technology. We don't just put you in a cast. You operate. You put it, the jigsaw puzzle back exactly where it needs to be. And hands heal fast. An ankle fracture will take six weeks to heal. Not a hand. It'll take three, four weeks. And why is that? Why does a hand heal so much faster than breaking your kneecap or another fracture in another part of your body? Because of blood supply. There are so many little streams that feed the lake that is the bone. The bone is the lake. The arteries that penetrate are little streams that feed it. And you got lots of them in your hand. So the healing power is that much faster. So he'll be back, Clipper fans, probably three, four weeks playing again, being the nuisance that he is. But even though I'm a Laker fan, you got to have respect for Patrick Beverly. Remember how he antagonized that Lonzo Ball? Oh, my God. Patrick Beverly is tough. He plays with passion, though. You can hate him all you want, but you'd love to have him on your team. But he'll be back good as new. Probably be three, four weeks. Let's talk about next week. I'm so excited for next week because I want to bring you into the operating room. There's a new suture that I'm using. Yep, a new way to sew people up. How could that be new? It's unbelievable. It's called quill. It's, it's, a, it's the genius idea of a plastic surgeon who took essentially fishing line, a nylon monofilament suture that I use to sew up tendons and muscles deep inside when I do surgery. And if you go on YouTube, you'll watch a surgeon tying knots with suture material. Literally, you have to learn how to tie knots with one hand. You have to learn how to tie knots with both your hands together. 
And then I have to learn how to tie the suture material with instruments where my hand actually doesn't even touch the suture material. This is all part of the journey to become a surgeon. Well, this plastic surgeon, just like I did after leaving the dentist's office, coming up with a great idea of ultrasonic tools, he went home and said, I don't want to tie knots anymore. Really? How are you going to get the two tissues to come together without tying a knot in the material? He said, well, when you go fishing, how do you catch a fish? You have a fish hook. A fish hook is not just a pointy metal thing that the bait is on. Because if it's just that pointy hook, the fish will bite the bait and swim away. You need to set the hook in the fish's mouth. Well, how do you do that? If you look carefully at a fish hook, you're going to see something called a barb. You'll see a spike that comes off the fish hook. And that's what's in this new suture material. I cannot wait to talk to the engineers behind it, which we'll do next week. Until then, I leave you with Volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying, which you and I do each and every week. Until then, I'll see you on the radio. Weekend Warriors on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear Clapper's crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers' aches and pain issues. Right, I get it. Search Weekend Warrior in the search bar and click on Doc's picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page.